0: so that's kind of how i thought about it is i know social media management is broken there's not there's no you know smart marketing in in social media management so how do we bring intelligence into the mix but specifically make it make it so that when customers are using in their moments of delight um when you when you feel a, an apple product especially during the time when Steve Jobs was, uh, was, uh, you know, leading the company, not so much now. But uh, when he was running the company, he had little moments of delight.
1: Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur. So if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life. Trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years, where I focused on marketing and branding strategy, along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency, and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing.
2: Hey, startup marketing listeners, today's episode is going to be one to remember. Our guest today is Arjun Rai of HelloWoofy.com. Smart Marketing for Underdogs, which I will get all into in a minute, but I am so incredibly pumped for this conversation because we are going to unpack a lot from life in a startup, starting over, learning how to brand and market a business as an entrepreneur. There is so much that's going to go into this. And of course, just great marketing conversation, which I love. Arjun is a New York City-based entrepreneur, originally from West Windsor, New Jersey, a.k.a. Princeton Junction. And since high school, he has been networking with some of the most well-known entrepreneurs and has worked on several startups of his own, Um, anywhere from his startup called Fuelbright.com, which is a social media agency focused on small businesses and startups, to a student-focused organization, the BizDen. He interned as a marketing PR in the agent in an ad agency in 2012 and realized yet another need for a startup within the tech space where he raised capital, which became Workbench.io, a virtual collaboration space, and now is currently the founder and owner of HelloWoofy.com, which is a social media management platform driven by artificial intelligence to help small to medium-sized businesses with digital marketing. So Arjun, welcome to Startup Marketing. I am excited to have you here today.
0: Thank you. I feel like you get the you get the award for the best bio reader.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I am um, I surprised myself there for yeah. winging it a little bit and summarizing that as I go. Um, yeah. so we covered a lot of your background already through that introduction, but tell us what it is that you do and tell us about Hello Woofy and what the platform does.
0: Yeah, so being a startup founder, you do literally everything and anything <laughs> that comes up last minute. You end up That's doing right. it as well. Um, but hey, everyone, this is uh, Arjun. Uh, as uh, as Caitlin mentioned, um, I'm the founder at Hello Woofy, which uh, for for all intents and purposes, our goal is to build the biggest company on the planet, helping the smallest. And when I say the smallest, is people like you and me, the small business owners, the underdogs. We we also like to say smart marketing for underdogs because. At the end of the day, if you don't know which words do well, which hashtags do well, emojis—we have literally mapped out the entire dictionary to figure out the perfect emoji combination. Um, you you really are at a disadvantage, and we want to give you a mm. unfair, super unfair advantage against the the unlimited marketing budgets of the world. Um, and so it's funny we're talking about marketing now. It's just on Clubhouse talking about marketing and social media tricks uh, with uh, uh, with uh, you know a whole bunch of experts on there as well. And we and, and at the core of it we were all trying to help small businesses figure out the ways to get into social, whether it's on the paid side or the organic mm-hmm. side. We we at Hello Wolfie focus on the organic side, but uh, starting from social media uh, management to blog management and obviously working with uh, Amazon for the last year or so, we've been uh, you know building what is known as a smart speaker scheduler. So now you can schedule video audio content directly into your customers' living rooms, just like a Netflix show, and just like a Hulu show, you have the ability to broadcast and eventually e-commerce capabilities as well, where they can buy and order or or learn more, watch a video, whatever that may be directly from you. So a lot to talk about, but at the end of the day, we just want to help as many underdogs as possible.
2: Yeah, I think that's super, it's super interesting. It's really amazing. So I actually um, heard about you. So one of my friends who runs her own, business as well had kind of texted me one night and was like hey have you heard of this software called Hello Woofy i think you'd like be super interested in it and i kind of keep like a running list of like hey have you heard about like items to go back to and look at so i put hello woofy on the list and then like not even probably a month later you reached out to me about being on the podcast. and <laughs> I texted her back. And I was like, this is so crazy. <laughs> this guy, we we're just talking about this software and he reached out to be on here. So I have been that's looking so at it. And um, I am switching kind of in the process of getting ready to like switch everything over. It's kind of like it that that's on me for corralling, like all, getting my shit together and really just like, Getting getting it done because I'm always every time I go into like my social my current platform I'm just like uh. I don't want to do this I want to <laughs> deal with it so I am super excited because I think it's so interesting like I've been watching and kind of following it since we booked this and I think just the concept of it's so it's so much more forward thinking. I believe than a lot of the other schedulers out there. When you talk about using AI and the like the emoji combination that you were talking about, I was like, this is this is really cool stuff. Okay. And then the smart speaker, I don't know any other platform that's allowing you to like schedule yeah. that in. And when you talk about kind of an unfair advantage, I feel like as entrepreneurs in the startup world, like you have to be looking for those advantages because it's so cutthroat out there. Mm -hmm. And looking for those opportunities to get in front of more customers in a different way, in a way that's unique, is super, super exciting. So with all that being said, before we dive into like the Hello HelloWiffy brand a bit, which I'm I'm kind of obsessed with, Um, I've been, as I've been like researching and getting ready for this, um, I have pretty much like fallen in love with Everything uh-huh. about it. Like your tagline and it just it's so brilliant. So it's our anyway. mascot.
0: It's our Maltese mascot.
2: <laughs> it is. It is. But take us through because you you told me a little bit about your story when we connected before we recorded. And there's been a lot of highs and lows, which I just think is mm. really important to highlight. And I I like to bring these parts of people's stories out because it doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think. You know, it's kind of something people know in the back of their heads, like, oh, yeah, as an entrepreneur, as a startup, there's, you know, it's the story. But it's really, it really does impact and change the direction of your company a lot of times. So take us through kind of your story and um, how Hello Woofie got to where it is today.
0: Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, a miracle or a series of miracles getting to this point. But I think the, the part that I want to focus on that will be helpful for your, your listeners would be the, 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 the marketing aspects and how we expanded. Mm. And, and so over the summer of 2019, uh, a company by the name of AppSumo reached out to us. And if you don't know what AppSumo is, A-P-P-S-U-M-O, it's um, Noah Cragen's company. He's a very famous entrepreneur, very, you know, a serial entrepreneur. And what the, the company essentially does is it's a QVC. It's a home shopping network, but for mm-hmm. companies on the internet, the software companies on the internet. And so they do flash sales, they do flash campaigns and things like that. And they reached out to us and they said, Hey, we heard about you. Would you like to, you know, be on the platform and we can help you launch it. And I was like, wow, someone a company like that yeah. level reached out to us. And, yeah. And, and that's an example of what we would call, a channel partner, a an organization, an established organization, a platform that has existing customers that, in most mo- more likely than not, are, are complete, you know, a complete fit for you in terms of, uh, you know, turning them their customers into your customers as well. And so we said, absolutely, we'd love to. Um, a, a few a few weeks later in September. So this was August, July of of 2019. Um. We were uh, so in late August, we were auditioning for a TV show called Meet the Drapers and uh, mm-hmm. we originally got rejected it was, a, it was they were partnered with a equity crowdfunding camp uh, platform called Republic. And so we originally got rejected. And then a couple of uh, weeks later from there in September, my dad called up, called me up uh, at three o'clock in the morning and said, hey, you need to come to New Jersey. I, I live in New York City um, and you need to come in immediately because uh, your, your mom's been taken to the hospital. She passed away a few days later, but miracles, like I mentioned earlier on, you know, just started happening one after the, you know, the other. And I got an email in my inbox from the show saying, hey, we actually have a couple extra spots. Would you be open to flying out of California to film the show? And lo and behold, we ended up winning the show. We, of course, we filmed the show in, in, in the following month. And we launched an equity crowdfunding campaign in December, uh, along with the AppSumo campaign. I Talk about two different channel partners at that point. And we ended up raising fast forward across three equity crowdfunding campaigns, nearly three uh, nearly three quarters of a million dollars in capital, hundred dollars at a time because you could invest very little capital and or or more than hundred dollars at a time. And a lot of our customers kept coming back and investing over and over again. And the reason I mentioned oh, this so cool. is because the reason I mentioned this is because. There were two things to keep in mind at this point. One was the I learned about sales funnels from AppSuma. They do, they I think they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in paid advertising. Mm-hmm. Their sales funnels and how they get you to understand what the product is about, the flash sale, the the benefits, upselling you, and things of that nature. That that was gold for us to be on under to mm-hmm. understand how do we build our yeah. own funnels based on those inspirations. Uh, once we left the AppSuma deal and went off on our own, so that's one thing building a sales funnel and mimicking and getting inspiration from others who've done it and done it really well. And we, in fact, they were actually <laughs> mentoring us in the on Slack. And they're saying, yeah, this is how we do it. This is what you should be looking for. It. This is what return on ad spend is. This is what ROAS means. And I absorbed all of that. And we built our funnel for $300 and the next one for $500 wow. using Fiverr. Wow. Uh, and uh, we've done about just under $300,000 in sales in, in under a year and a half because of those two funnels and the learnings we got from AppSumo. So the first point is channel partners, get as many of them as possible and leverage the audiences that they have to then get them into your funnel. Now, the other thing, so one thing is a funnel, but the other thing is you can then retarget, retarget yeah. individuals who visit your website or your landing pages and things of that nature, because they show intent to buy or intent to learn. And some of them may want to see a demo, in which case we, we do a demo, or they may want to buy and then schedule a demo because we remind them, hey, there's a free demo available for, for each and every one of our customers. And so that's another thing to keep in mind is retargeting, um, you know, audiences and, and, and funnels and whatnot. Now, as far as the audiences are concerned, one of the other things that we started doing once we started noticing that people are buying, we had about twelve hundred customers from AppSumo. We started retargeting and also building what is known as lookalike audiences. So mm-hmm. in Facebook, if you don't know already for the listeners, there's something called lookalike audiences, which basically means that if I have a majority of our customers are women, so let's say we have five women on out of you know ten customer um obviously seven women out of 10 customers we know are, are buying from us how can we find the next seventy thousand or 70 million people that will be more than likely to buy from us right uh, or or 10 mm-hmm. in general if they've all bought from us maybe three or you know free users or five or free users or whatnot and that turned out to be a huge hit for us because we started getting positive ROAS we were making i think 1.8 to 6 return on ad spend so that means every dollar wow. that we spend we were getting a dollar yeah. eighty back or six dollars back, and then over the course of time, we then realized once we realized that there were women, majority of our customers are women, we started expanding to Pinterest, and they call it act like audiences, which mm-hmm. is predominantly a women, you know, uh, you know, uh, driven uh, platform. And now we are doing about three, uh, two to three return on ad spend there, and we're just getting started. So I'll stop yeah. there. But there's a lot of they- like. New nuggets there, but the main thing to keep in mind is channel partnerships, sales funnels, retargeting, Facebook lookalike audiences to build an audience on top of an audience that's that has mm-hmm. already bought from you, and using equity crowdfunding to make allow your customers to invest in your business and give them the upside, so they become even bigger champions of your business.
2: Yeah. So. I'm a really big fan of Pinterest for, especially like in the startup and the small business world, because the algorithm is so much more friendly than like the Facebook and the Instagrams and things like that. Um, And so I encourage everyone to kind of use, use that platform Mm -hmm. to grow. And I think hearing people talk about, you know, getting two or three times the like return on it, that's huge when you're talking about, and ad spend. Do you have like? Do you have a budget that you go into those things with that you yeah. feel like really confident about? And do you, would you share? Do you mind?
0: Yeah. So we I think start spend? off on on Facebook. I think we start off with maybe like a thousand or two thousand, maybe three thousand mm-hmm. dollars in the beginning, and we're spending way more than that today right. because of the amazing work that you know, the marketing agency we end up working with, um, which I, I met him through uh, the LA division of the church that I go to in New York. And that's that's just the power of vicinity and power of networking. But uh, he was able to, re- you know, give us returns that made me feel more confident where we could, even though we had a startup budget or no budget, uh, right, we, could, right. we could put in, you know, every dollar they would go in. We, we knew that we would be getting back uh, a good percentage of that back plus more. And then then reinvest all of that in. So a few thousand dollars to get started there. Uh, We're doing over 10,000 now in spend on Facebook. But specifically on Pinterest, we started off with, I think, $250, $500 -hmm. at that point. I think we increased it to maybe just below a $1,000. And we're now looking at other platforms like TikTok, Snapchat, uh, Reddit as well to do retargeting campaigns. Uh, We're also spending Mm -hmm. a few hundred dollars on Google uh, search ads uh, and on YouTube as well. But they're purely focused on retargeting. And the reason why we want to do retargeting is because we do a really good job, whether it's on podcasts or clubhouse or newsletters or press in general, people are searching and driving traffic to our website, and we're just retargeting them because they show intent to buy. And then beyond that, if we had a bigger budget, let's say we had $50,000 to spend, we would be doing lookalike audiences, actalike audiences, or similar things or top of funnel audience Mm -hmm. building on all of these platforms. But right now, because we know Facebook does really well, Pinterest is starting to do really well on uh, beyond retargeting um we are now expanding in other other metrics as well
2: yeah that's it i think it's really important to kind of understand like when you first start out in those spaces mm-hmm. you have to be very very strategic about the marketing and, like how you do your marketing spend mm-hmm. in those in those areas because otherwise you're just kind of like throwing money out there and like yeah, you don't really yeah. know or understand um so when you first started did you did you know going in to those spends who your customers were or did you use that as as an opportunity to learn mm. who those customers were
0: it's a great question so i was literally paying i think five dollars Cause I think that's the minimum spend you can mm-hmm. do on Upwork at that time. Yeah. I was literally paying people $5 for 15 minutes of their time to jump on a call with me. And I was just, I just went on Upwork and looked at social media manager and I found maybe like 15, 20 people, three oh. or four of them ended up buying from us. Um, at, you know, the early pre-sale, pre-early pre bird, whatever pricing we had back then, which was hilarious. Um, and, and so I was literally hand, like handholding people into interviews to getting their feedback and, and things of that nature and, it wasn't until the AppSumo deal that we figured out that the audience that we were trying to reach and then build up a lookalike audience, finding people beyond the 1,000 people or 1,200 people that signed yeah. up, you know, the next twelve thousand or 120,000 people. It wasn't until then that it was actually easier to scale and scale in a yeah. way that would allow us to really build a business because going on Upwork and finding their you know, social media managers and podcasters was, was not scalable. Um, you have right, to DM them, right. you have to schedule in <laughs> the whole nine years. In our case today, yeah. people schedule automatically through Calendly. We get maybe two to six people per sales call and they can all ask me questions. Um, yeah. What I was doing back then was not scalable. What I'm, we're doing today is scalable, which is why we're doing right. like 20,000 or so at the time of this recording a month uh, in, in revenue.
2: Yeah, that's – I think that's a really smart way to – while it's not scalable, when you're starting out and you don't have access to all of that market research, going on a park and finding those people, that's actually pretty smart. It's a relatively, like, low investment – but you probably got a ton of insight and information yep. that really allowed yep. you to kind of like build and start to like refine the platform okay. in a way that it would become really marketable. So, which kind of brings me to to my next question. When you when you and I first spoke, you talked about how you, hello, Woofy, went through a few iterations before it got to kind of what it is today, which I think anybody who's in the startup world kind of knows and understands mm-hmm. that that's kind of the life of <laughs> a startup, a startup um, founder. And so, you you said that you kind of like stripped it back and kind of went back to the drawing board at one point and thought, okay, what? What do I need? Or what is the product that I need? And you kind of started building around that concept. And it sounds like such a simple approach. And however, when you when you talk to marketing people, they're usually like, "Oh, never, never market it like you're talking to yourself, right? Nah. Which is different than when you're building um, when you're building something, obviously. but How did you use yourself as the customer, and make sure that you built a product that that it was something that there'd be a demand for eventually? Is that kind of the process?
0: Yeah. So the
2: the Upwork folks.
0: So, so my motto is spend ninety percent of your time in things you know really well, and ten percent of your time in things you have no idea about, which might be special projects, moonshots, and and things like that. So so that's kind of how I thought about it is I know social media management is broken. Mm. There's not, there's no, you know, smart marketing in, in social media management. So how do we bring intelligence into the mix, but specifically make it, make it so that when customers are using it, their moments of delight, um, when you, when you feel mm. a, an Apple product, especially during the Time when Steve Jobs was uh, was uh, you know leading the company, not so much now, but uh, when he was running the company, he had little moments of delight. Like on the mm-hmm. on the left of the MacBook, you could see the batteries, the battery, you know how how. You know, charge yeah. the battery was it was like I think six or five dots and beautifully lit up, and then would go you know, you know, dim away. Um, when you when you put the computer in sleep mode, the lights on the side would you know blink and and, and you know fade away based on the heart. I think the breathing or the heart beats of a, mm-hmm. of, a of a human being. There was little moments of delights that I wanted to inculcate into their product. So today. When you start typing, it just types for you. It doesn't. It's just hassle free. It just starts suggesting content for you. You can ignore it, but then it starts finding images for you. It starts finding emojis for you. It's almost like a Tesla. I mean, at some point, I think Elon said that you'll you, the car will know exactly where you're going and will know mm-hmm. exactly how you know when you're in the car and that your intent is to turn it on. Um, that's those. That's so all of your moments of delights coming together in a in a beautiful right. you know experience. So, having said that, ninety percent of my time went into building a platform, and then ten percent went into delighting the customer and doing you know really moonshot, far off things. And one of those things uh, was a Google Chrome extension that mm-hmm. would allow you to type and autocomplete anywhere on the internet. You can double click, find the perfect emoji examples and, and do it literally on anywhere on the internet. And the other project that we started working on, which now we're looking to really expand on, is the smart speaker scheduler. So not so much a pivot, but a, you know we have the legacy business, which is social and blog scheduling. Yeah. Uh, you know, It's doing about 20 grand a month in revenue. But uh, the smart speaker side of things, it's never been done before. We started talking to our customers and they were like, oh my God, I can broadcast directly into my customers' living room so long as they opt in. Just like a TV show like Oprah Winfrey or QVC or Home Shopping Network and they can buy from me right there on the spot on the television set or the, through the speaker, That. Obviously, with the rise of social audio and clubhouse and green green um, yeah. uh, green room and all of these uh, amazing applications that are coming in, Twitter spaces, it just made sense to you know double down on this. So and it, it's a moment of delight. If you see the video demo videos on our on our mm-hmm. on our website, Hello woofie it's literally a customer saying, I want to buy this. I want to click here. I want to listen. You know, I mean, you could turn this podcast into audiograms and schedule all of those as top of funnel content to your loyal listeners and uh, they can download your app or skill on their smart speaker and listen to you, you know, and you can sell to them directly. So right, right. Those, that's kind of how I think about it when it comes to pivots or redirection of resources, 90% goes into things, you know, really well. And 10% in, in, in moonshots are things you don't know about.
2: Yeah. and, I, I think it's so – like I mentioned kind of at the top of the episode is that um, it's really – like you have to kind of be forward thinking in this environment because it is so cutthroat. And what I what I like about Hello Woofy is that you kind of force people into that space, right? By introducing that and putting it on the dashboard, sure. people are like, oh, I – Maybe I hadn't thought about that yet, (laughs) you know, like it's – and that would have been – that'd be true for me, right? Like I hadn't even gotten to smart share or skills and like all of that kind of stuff because I'm just – (laughs) well, I'm a little bit unorganized right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll be honest. Like that's not anybody's fault of my own because, you know, there's a point where you're probably like me and you're drowning a little bit and you have to find a way to kind of organize all of this content uh-huh. and really uh-huh. get to a point where you're like okay this is going to make sense and i can be way more strategic about it and that's something that i talk to my clients that i take on when i freelance is uh-huh. like you have to be strategic in the decisions that you make right uh-huh. otherwise marketing just falls flat it's just you kind of yeah. throwing spaghetti at the wall yeah. and hoping that it sticks and so when when i talk to my clients and when i Pep talk myself <laughs> in the shower <laughs> in the morning. You know, being forward thinking and looking and getting into spaces like that is really important. And I think having like you said, people who can kind of push you and help you grow into those spaces is really, really important. So yep. I think that's I think it's really interesting and it's not something um, that I see other like platforms doing It's kind of pushing you into into that yeah. space.
0: And the other thing I was going to say is it, it then if you put it there, then people are curious about it. Almost like kid, like a right. child, they start prodding at it. And they're like, huh, what is this thing? Kind of like Apple, you know, when they used to complete chains of wiring or complete chains of ports and the entire industry was like, mm-hmm, what the mm-hmm. heck? Um, if I remember correctly, they came up with the USB and they introduced that to mm-hmm. the masses, right? They came up with a whole bunch of, interesting piece of technology and they said we're just going to put it in because this is where civilization is going so in a small way and i, and I love talking about ufos on a, on a different call i guess a different podcast recording we'll talk about ufos and conspiracy theories one thing i love to talk <laughs> about is moving from type zero to type one civilization which is i guess a nerdy way physicist's way of saying how do we grow technologically to the point where we are sustainable self-sust- self-sustainable whether it's Okay, this is getting nerdy now, but my point is, if you're going to build it. a company, if you're going to build a company, make sure you're not just doing a one or two or five percent, you know, incremental benefit or change to what already exists. We we literally wanted to build something that was radically new, and and uh, start with something that's you know kind of comprehensible, people can understand it, mm-hmm. but then deli- have a layer of delight on top of it, and then introduce something that's never been done before to the same audience because a good percentage of them. Are willing to right. try and go on a different voyage, and uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'll come answer that question from.
2: I, no, that's that is very sage sage advice from somebody who's kind of been down the path before. And yeah. I, the the moments of delight are just delightful. I mean, how else yep. how else do you say it? That's <laughs> I think that's a great kind of transition when you talk about. Moving from just a product to something mm-hmm. that is a brand, something that you can kind of market that sets you apart from other mm-hmm. products or services, because otherwise you're just a, another social media scheduler tool yep. that, you know, people can can look at and take, or, take it or leave it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about these moments of delight, I think that's where you move from being that product to that brand, which... Hello Woofy. I think has, has done. And it's, it's so, it's just, it's so clever. I, I'm going to need, I love, I love brand building. It's like, if I could just like do something for fun all day, every day, I would just like read about clever brands and then go tell people about them, Um, which would serve no purpose other than just to like simply make me very happy. But There's so much. So moving from like the delight of the actual like platform and tool itself to kind of the marketing of it, right? Because this is, now you're at go time. Like you've Mm. created this, you feel like you've got this really solid product that's well-researched. It has those differentiators that's really going to help make you shine. Now you move into marketing it, right? And the the brand and all of your language, it's it's so on point. So obviously, like hello woofy, like it, it's dog oriented, right? And so <laughs> you've got all of these clever, but it's not like done in this cheesy way where I'm like, okay, right. whatever. You know, it's just the the language, you know, like your your tagline, smart marketing for underdogs, even some of the language on there, you know, like you can teach a dog new tricks and like all of these things that for me as a brand nerd are really delightful, kind of help sell me on it, right? It's mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is this is really <laughs> good because it's kind of that polish in the marketing that, you know, it sets again, it sets you apart, right? It feels so well thought through and it's mm-hmm. so subtle. That's the thing. Like it's not something that's in your face. And so as you started thinking about marketing the product, Did your brand, like, was it already there or did it just kind of come about like very organically? Like, how did you get to really clever language and all of the things that when people will look at your website, they go, oh, I get it. Like, I'm bought in. I'm sold on this.
0: Yeah, it was definitely an evolution. I mean, we did everything from social media's best friend, which actually still, it it says I have a whole bunch of old stickers and it still says social media's best friend on it. Um, oh, yeah. to, I think we said, I mean, we used to say AI-driven, uh, sorry, artificial intelligence data. We used to use a whole bunch of buzzwords as well. But none yeah. of it actually made sense from the perspective. Let's just put it this way. The more you pitch, for the founders and we are listening, the more you pitch, the more you get feedback, the more you iterate the pitch, the better your pitch will become, but your branding mm-hmm, will mm-hmm. as well. To the point where Clubhouse even... I, I mean, I, I started using Clubhouse in December. It really accelerated my my pitch to the point where we were able to raise a good amount of capital. And that was, you know, beyond even before that, the TV show really accelerated my ability to present, uh, delight mm-hmm. the investors. Uh, Tim Draper ended up investing three times. Uh, he's a known billionaire. Um, it it You have to just have to keep at it keep iterating and see what sticks Mm -hmm. and what doesn't stick like i have post-it notes in front of me that kind of highlight things that i would usually say like categorically new against unlimited marketing budgets or uh you know something i heard the other day um what is this uh oh apple bees i think had this commercial i I wrote it down because I, i thought it was very very elegant it said welcome back america and it was because oh, people yeah. were getting vaccinated mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. i actually i'm a huge nerd about ads and 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 things like that so here we go we'll build the largest company for the smallest companies in the world that's HelloIfy.com. so like there are little things that i you know end up writing because it resonates really well and mm-hmm. the, we then mm-hmm. take that res you know because obviously we're a b testing again essentially in, in irl uh then it goes into the ad copy then it goes into the pitches it goes into our deck it goes into our emails and um that's kind of how it kind of comes full circle is you have to constantly take feedback in.
2: Yeah. Oh, I think that's really, I have now found a way to like harness all of the neediness when I read the things that I love. Right. Cause I, I like save them all the time yeah. and I, yeah. I need to just like put them out in front of me and just kind of let it soak in because that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's something that, Moving from the corporate world, that's where I spent a majority of my career before I started my business and I moved into kind of the startup world as a marketer. Like, I was working with an established brand. So there wasn't a whole lot that I ever had to do. You know, like there were refinements and things like that, but most of it was like the graphic aesthetic, right? It was nothing that was earth shattering. and coming into kind of the startup world like it's it's super exciting for somebody who nerds out about brands because like everybody is constantly <laughs> like building theirs and changing it and iterating it. And so it's something though that is it's an adjustment. So like as as a marketer who came from like a a larger company where my job as the manager was like I I made the line and then I made sure people didn't cross it, right? When it came yeah. to brand standards, yeah. it was like, here yeah. it is. And this is the box and you play in this box. And when you go outside of it, like I slap your hand and I tell you to come back in. Right. And so in, in the startup world and even as an entrepreneur, building my own brand, like it's First of all, way harder when Mm. you don't have that established. And so it's, I've always been curious, like how people who have done it really well, how they get to that point. Because if you try to kind of build it out of the box, like Mm. you traditionally used to do, I feel like you end up kind of spinning your wheels.
0: Just pitch more than, like, I don't even know how many times I pitch, probably like 20,000 times this point, probably more. Just that, that will get you. To sure to a point where it makes sense because you know it's the same thing as when you say build the biggest company helping the smallest on the, on a mission to build a large uh, build a smart marketing platform for underdogs it actually resonates really well when we do uh, equity crowdfunding when we're looking mm-hmm. to raise capital we want our customers to have a piece of the company so as we scale they win as small business owners themselves they they get more out of it than just a, a piece of software that they can use they they have shares promise to shares in the company and so as we scale they're able to win as well especially if they you know, believed in us early on. Um, and that's that obviously resulted in three quarters of a of a, a million dollars in, in raises.
2: Right, right. No, it makes it makes a lot of sense in kind of how how you do that. That's the things that you say most often, I think, become uh-huh. really kind of the intrinsic foundation of your brand. And yeah. so, when you get to when you get to a point, then where you have to start documenting it, um, you you find that a lot of that work is kind of already done. That's mm. been as I've transitioned into into this company, into Payrex, my my company. Um, you know the founders were like oh we have to like build this whole brand like we have nothing and i'm like uh-huh. well this is really exciting this is what i like to do and i started digging in and i'm like you guys like you are you already have 90% of this right yeah. because you yeah. say it so often it's uh-huh. in the things that you say it's how you talk to people about your product and how you talk about the service and what it's doing to change like the landscape of a financial institution and improve it like all you all you need to start doing really is kind of documenting it and putting uh-huh. kind of you know maybe wrapping some fun language around it if that's what you want to do <laughs> but at the end of the day like it's it's already there and so it's something it was a good lesson kind of for them i think but also for me as kind of as as a marketer to say like hey Sometimes we forget we get caught up in kind of that creative process
1: right that right.
2: you're often just saying it and that yep. becomes your brand right because it's the it's the most authentic presentation of your product mm-hmm. or service and you can't well, get Well the other from thing that.
0: the other thing I think is true is that founders have to be a part of the entire um part, the the entire model like you if, especially mm-hmm. at a startup level a lot of I mean the story that I shared is 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 one piece of it um o- overall it's uh it- it's it's kind of so when i talk to small businesses and and they understand that as a business owner i've gone through you know a lot of ups and downs and i know exactly where they're coming from they're- that 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 connection goes beyond a sales call that go- mm-hmm, that connection mm-hmm. goes beyond you know saying that oh this is benefits and you know features and benefits of of the product it goes to a point where me as a business owner with my team will do anything and everything to make sure that all of our 10,000 members are able to win no matter what, because I know what it's like to win I always have the mindset of winning no matter what. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and that's just a, and, and I guess that's an advantage we have over our cus- our competitors, um, uh, that, you know, some of the founders of those companies have left. They've kind of stepped back a little bit. They've let executive teams take over, um, And so while, you know, we have a lot of IP and moats and we can talk about, you know, technology and and how many lines of code we have and, you know, a unique IP and things like that. I think one of the most unique things that we have going for us is that I'm still here every single day Mm -hmm, working mm -hmm. away for the small business owners, the underdogs who are, you know, in our Facebook group, Content Masters, telling us what they like, what they don't like, what we can improve. And uh, even one of our competitors is publicly traded and uh, I, I would say even at that level, they've kind of stepped away from even knowing who the real customer is even talking to them.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, that's something that the, the founders, um, of Payrex have said so many times, like we want to be on those calls with those customers, like as they start to onboard as they're going live, because that's, that's really critical feedback. We mm-hmm. want to be hearing the calls from the financial institution's customers calling in to support when they have just been onboarded onto yep. this program because that feedback is so critical for mm-hmm. making, you know, continuing to kind of grow the platform in a way that people yep. find really valuable. Um, so I think super, super great ad- great advice and something that um, – it's easy to forget as you kind of start to grow. I think
0: because <laughs> that's for sure.
2: You know, you've got ten, 10 many ten million other things to do. Um, so before we move on from the brand, I just have to ask how you came up with the name Hello Woofy. This doesn't tie into anything we're uh, yeah. just talking about. I just <laughs> need to know.
0: I, I just love uh, I just love Maltese I grew up with Maltese uh, dogs and uh, there's there's one on the other side of the door who's our mascot um, which is right here um, and uh, so I, I just love dogs I mean it, it's the same thing for my um, it's the same thing for my dating life if you have to love the dog you have to love a dog it's the same thing with you know in business uh, if people can understand what it's like to be an underdog and 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 you know crawl your way up Um also, Gandhi said a long time ago, you know, you can tell how great a country is simply by the way it treats its animals. Mm. So, I mean, if you'll see every other Wednesday in our Facebook group, people just share um, their colleagues, their co-working space colleagues, <laughs> and, and, and their dog <laughs> photos. It could be cats as well. I think some. I think one, one case, it was like a bunch of parrots and uh, <laughs> they were co-working with their parrot. Um, and so I just love the animal theme in, in general, which just it, it just takes away the... What we go through as small business owners every single day. It makes it easier mm-hmm. to understand and, and yeah. more relatable. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's great because it's obviously given you, outside of just making it fun for you as the founder, it's given you kind of this this analogy and these legs to kind of run with and build out in a way that Again, it just and if you haven't looked at Hello Woofie's website, you have to go look at it. You'll understand what I'm saying. Like as soon as you start <laughs> seeing and reading the language, you're like, "Oh, I totally get this." Yeah. Like yeah. it just it just makes it so simple. Um, okay, so enough of enough of that. I'll talk to you all day about Hello Woofie and so <laughs> and the brand. Um, but as as you're talking about uh, this fundraising and kind of that pitch, kind of build your brand for listeners who are thinking that that's the direction that they want to go eventually if they are in the process of starting that or you know even have been doing it for a while but just feel like there could be more traction mm-hmm. like what what is the biggest piece of advice that you would give somebody to help them be really successful when it comes to that aspect of of being in the startup world
0: uh you have to start now and you have to start as soon as you can, because it. at the end of the day, if, if the, it's a process, like we were talking about this on Clubhouse just uh, an hour ago, everything you do, you have to be patient. Um, and the mm. beauty of patience is that the results will com- compound themselves over time. So like when we start off with a few thousand dollars in advertising budget you know, and, and whatnot, we were making we were building an audience. We were getting our mm-hmm. ads to get comments on them. People were re- realizing that I actually do selfie videos in, re- in our comments and respond to them and, and take you know time out to to make sure that they're being heard. Those things have a compound effect where, you know, we, we started generating revenue because of that. And yeah. uh, so you just have to start now, figure out what's working for you, double down on what's working for you, and then keep pushing a little bit more see what's working for you at that point reassess and then you'll you'll have a company that's kind of going will be self-sustainable eventually but you have to s- just take the leap of faith and keep keep doing things with a long-term mindset um, yeah. as far as you know building a product is concerned or getting an idea off the ground start with mvps hire someone on fiverr or mm-hmm. upwork if it's technology based get them to build it out for a few thousand dollars i think we built our first prototype for $2,000 and we went over budget to like five grand and that'll help us raise 150,000, um, in mm. venture funding. And, uh, wow. and, uh, so you just have to show traction by showing something that you've taken the initiative to build. Um, yeah. ideas aren't really funded on PDFs and papers anymore. Although I think there is a napkin ventures, venture fund. <laughs> I think what they're really trying to say is that I just have to be so simple they can draw them on a napkin, but, yeah. uh,
2: Yeah. So when you, when you got to the point where you had to start fundraising, how did you kind of start integrating or how, how and when did marketing start playing a role in that? Because I think that's something that people wrestle with, right? It's like a chicken and the egg conversation. Like, I sometimes you feel like, gosh, I have to have really amazing marketing so I can go out and I can get these funds. But I need these funds to get really amazing marketing. So how and when did you start kind of incorporating more formal marketing into that pitch and that fundraising?
0: I would say it's everything. Like us talking right now, you're branding yourself, you're marketing yourself. I'm marketing and branding myself. One of the things that Tim Draper said on the TV show is, um, I, I like the fact when founders wear their own branding and their own t-shirt, I'm paraphrasing mm. what he said, but it's at the end of the first episode. And it's because li- literally I, no one else on the show or at least that episode was wearing their own t-shirt. Like if I, if I don't have the hat in some cases, I have the hat and the t-shirt, but it says hello, Woofy." you'll see online. that like, I wear, I mean, this is an example of a, of a hoodie right here. I have a hoodie on mm-hmm. the, on the bottom left. I have it on my, on the, on my hat or I have a t-shirt as well. Like it starts with whatever you're doing it, it just this is me pitching <laughs> this is me pitching at a, at a competition and i have the woofy uh-huh. logo right across my my chest um it starts as soon as you decide that you're building a business um mm. and uh it could be just before dinner and you now you're you know talking about it with your family that hey this is the idea i'm working on what do you think you're you're marketing you're advertising to someone <laughs> even even mm-hmm. then um and so uh and uh, and 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 you just have. To, having said that, then you have to make sure that you have the right people around you, that they're supportive, right, right. they're you know encouraging.
2: Yeah, that makes. I think that makes a lot of sense. I've heard that from I have another friend who he has a podcast and he just put his slogan on it and it is marketing matters. And he was like, Yeah, it's a great conversation. Like people ask me about it all the time, and they're small business owners, right? Like they get yeah. stopped at the grocery store and they're like, Oh, marketing really does matter can you talk to me about it? And so it makes sense yep. that like, you just, you sort of have to kind of like, you have to live it and breathe it from like the moment that it kind of comes, comes into existence. And so. Uh,
0: I would actually go and take a nerd approach to it and say matter marketing. I think there's like a company called Matterport or something. They do technology. Mm. Um, but I would say matter marketing, but specifically like have three or four different states of, materials below it like different kinds of matter like liquid gas solid and and uh uh, plasma and 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 go like four different phases of marketing
2: (laughs) oh my gosh that's so see this now i see how hello whiffy came to be because if that was like the idea (laughs) that you don't you don't want
0: to be in my head or maybe you do but uh, i i have like (laughs) weird ideas all the time and and typically i share them with my my dog (laughs) my dog's the one who listens to them
2: (laughs) Hey, you have to you have to have somebody, right? At least he doesn't right. talk back to you the first time to like yeah, yeah. So bounce, he's, bounce it off of. He's
0: he's our he's our guinea pig. Which um, because he's hiding behind the door right now, I'll just put his photo up here. That's him.
2: Oh my god, he's super yeah. cute. Yep, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's <his. laughs>
2: so much fun. So switching gears just a little bit, when it comes to social media and actual like product that your customers are consuming, when it comes to social media. What was the Mm -hmm. biggest mistake or what is the biggest mistake that you see, like, entrepreneurs and small businesses making? And what would your advice be to say, like, hey, if you can avoid it, do it this way instead?
0: When when it comes to social media specifically? Mm -hmm. I would say trying to do too much and and too short of a uh, a span of time. So Mm -hmm. I get this question all the time is, uh, you know, if I want to, like, set up a campaign, I want to do this, I want to do that. And I'm like, just, just hold on one second. Start with one category. We, we, our library is, div- you know, divided into categories or folders. And I always tell them, start with one category, fill it up with content, and then start firing away uh, pieces of content to your social media, uh, you know, maybe twice a week. Or then start to do three times a week, and then four times a week, and then create another mm-hmm. category. So if you're doing that, you know the first part on, in the morning, you do the second part in the evenings, maybe every other day. So I would say trying to do too too much too too quickly, um, mm-hmm. just like a just like a relationship, you have to, you know start dabbling and seeing if the relationship is going in the, if the, if the person's right, the platform's right. Um, and then start asking the person out, you know, not <laughs> every, mm-hmm. every day ask them out once a week and get, you know, start right. with a coffee date and, and then do, <laughs> and you know don't don't go don't do straight drinks um and so it's similarly to do you know do that with social media platforms see which ones are working the ones that are working you know double down on that then see w- different categories of content that are working and then double down on that and then mm-hmm. figure out different you know um frequencies you know how often do you want to schedule posts um and and things like that so there's just start slow and again to my earlier right. point if you start slow and have a long-term Uh, vision and and mindset it'll compound itself people will start seeing that oh you're actually posting valuable content they can Mm -hmm. reshare it they can expect it on a certain you know certain times
2: yeah that so what you're talking about is ultimately building like a content strategy for your your small business and um cat's being super annoying in the background um so the content strategy is something that especially like on Instagram and things like that right now, y- you see a ton of like marketing coaches who are like, oh, just just build out content, put out content of value, right? And marketers, mm-hmm. even marketers everywhere, not just on Instagram are like infamous, I feel like for saying this. <laughs> but the reality is content marketing is a full-time job, Right like their companies have people who do nothing but content marketing for them. Mm -hmm. So to say to a small business owner, yeah, just focus on, focus on content marketing. Like, Uh, okay, that is, (laughs) that's a giant ask. And I think that's part of the problem that Hello Wuffy solves in terms of like the, the AI and things like that, which is really exciting. And so what, what additional advice do you have? Like as people start to kind of immerse themselves into this world, what advice do you have for making that really, really manageable? Because I think that's where, and I see this a lot with some of the like entrepreneurial clients that I have worked with where like they just get paralyzed. They're like, I don't, and it's true of myself too. There's times when I'm like, I, uh, this is like the last thing that I want to do right now is focus on this. Even though I know it's really critical so, what kind what advice do you have for those those owners who are you know they're the perfect fit for Hello Woofy to kind of make that manageable and make it feel less overwhelming for them?
0: Uh, so, so my to my earlier points start small and you know scale up mm-hmm. from there. but the other thing I was gonna say is make sure that you're saving content that you can repurpose or reuse mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. very least uh, over and over again because that takes away the headache or the, the constant need to post and come up with new content. Um, kind of double-downing on that uh, or, or going deeper in that, You know, make sure that you're also optimizing your posts. Uh, our platform does it automatically, but you could use any of our competitors as well, that it, with the with the nuances around which words you're using, how are they fitting into the hashtags mm-hmm. you're using, use emojis. I mean, Adobe Trend Report came out a couple of years ago and they confirmed emojis drive huge amounts of uplift and engagement. And, uh, and and so you wanna you wanna keep in mind that you're optimizing the text, the emojis, the the hashtags, but then also images. Images do really well. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a I have a belief that we've gone from frames per second kind of a society which is one frame per you know one frame per scroll which is you know typically how pinterest started how instagram started Mm -hmm. um or facebook with photos and now we've gone into a world of instagram videos reels and igtv which is frames per second you know magnified and TikTok is all about video which is frames per second as well and i think where it'll go into is while it is going in that is uh waves per second which is um Mm. uh, audio yeah. And so if you see audio waves per second and frames per second kind of converging, you saw the uh, the emergence of video video during the pandemic took off from a zoom perspective from a learning perspective from a meeting perspective but i think eventually where we'll go is those two kinds of ecosystems will merge and you really have to focus on how you're optimizing your content but at that level it will be about how you say your content the tone Mm, and mm -hmm. the the music you use and how you use music to be discovered so you want to get into a mindset of optimizing and a b testing those little nuances at the basic level because it's only going to get more more fascinating with where TikTok's yeah. going and Clubhouse and whatnot.
2: Yeah. No, I think that is you kind of you answered kind of my last question, which is where oh. where is the future of social media kind of in and social media marketing, in your opinion, going? And I think it's something that it's it's really exciting as a marketer to kind of watch it happen and it is, it is stressful though, as a business owner to try and take advantage of those things. Right. Because you feel like you're kind of constantly trying to, to keep up and churn out this content. Um, but I think being like very intentional and very thoughtful and purposeful in terms of like, Hey, where, where does it make the most sense for me to show up and why, um, You know, that's kind of something that I think we all have to get better at doing is kind of editing ourselves down to say, like, I'm going to be very intentional about where I show up, why I show up, and who I'm showing up for versus just yeah. trying to be everywhere um, because that's just super – Super overwhelming. Um Just so start,
0: start I- with one or one or two platforms and see how they resonate. And if you know that mm-hmm. your audiences in our case audiences are, are are skewed towards towards women, um, you know, then do paid advertising towards that and so you can resonate and see how that works. Or if you're on mm-hmm. Facebook, then you know, retarget and adjust your campaigns accordingly. I mean, obviously hire a professional, don't do it yourself because you're Your job is to know how things work, but not do them. Mm -hmm. You have to delegate Mm -hmm. it out Mm -hmm. uh, to experts and let them do the specific focus, narrow-minded focus that they have on what they're really good at. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that's how you scale. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. So, thank you so much. I could continue. I could continue talking about <laughs> all of this, um, but <laughs> alas, that is not what people want—is a never-ending episode. So, thank you so much for your time and your expertise today. Where can listeners connect with you and learn about Hello Wuffy?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say people may want a never-ending uh, episode because that's what Clubhouse is. One hour, <laughs> that, one, oh my God, four, yes. <laughs> one hour, one uh, hour Clubhouse rooms. I mean, I I was my, our our friends Dan and Kate uh, in in this club called What It Takes to Run a Million Dollar Business. They ran mm-hmm. a room. I think there was like it was in the press for like twenty, fifteen, thirty days. Like people oh just God. come in and mod, okay, you know, rotate was the... mods. Yeah, and, <laughs> that went somewhere and so, where I
2: wasn't expecting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so they, yeah, so look up Google uh, longest clubhouse running room, and they were trying to beat the record. Uh, and so anyway, that that was that was interesting. But your question is how the people can reach me. Uh, just go to yes. HelloWolfie.com, uh, get, You know, email me. Tell me a little bit about your business. You know, how we can build a, a platform for people like you, um, who are looking to you know win against the unlimited marketing budgets. Are there features? Are there certain things we can improve that you already see on our platform? Um, I think that that'll be the biggest way for you to have an impact on your own business, but then also other small businesses around the world. Um, So just email me Arjun, A-R-J-U-N at hello com.
2: Awesome. Uh, All right, so Arjun's links are posted in the show notes. Follow him, connect, and learn more about HelloWoofy and digital marketing. I hope you've enjoyed today's show as much as I have. I think, as you can tell, that HelloWoofy is a tool that's incredibly interesting. And hearing Arjun's journey really just helps me kind of appreciate my own journey more. And I hope has inspired you as as an entrepreneur to just to continue to look for ways to grow and change and find that MVP that you can put out there and begin to grow and scale. If you have enjoyed today's episode as much as I have, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Startup Marketing to help other listeners like you find this podcast. Until next time.